Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 128, recorded December 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, the disappearance of the safe deposit box, free steering wheel locks for Kias and Hyundais, lock history by Tyler J. Thomas, teen locked in a bank vault, products, events, meetups, sales, giveaways, and much more. You can subscribe to the audio version of this show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Full show notes with all of the links are always available at thelocksportscast.com. Just a quick reminder, we are coming up on Lockie Awards season. January 1st is when we start taking official nominations. I uh, have a lot of work to do to get the site uh, back up and ready for the new season. But for right now, you can, if you want, head over and click on the suggest videos for 2022 and put in there any videos that you think should people should nominate for different categories. And that way I can post a list just to uh, act as a reminder for people because it's been a long year and uh, sometimes you forget things that happen at the beginning of the year or stuff like that. So if you have something, put it up there and maybe we can kind of refresh people's memories. First up in the news, we have a story in The Hustle called The Quiet Disappearance of the Safe Deposit Box. Once revered as the safest way to store physical valuables, safe deposit boxes are now being phased out by major banks. The move is already starting to backfire, it says. And I'm going to go over a few of the, the key details in this article, but there is a lot more in this article than what I'm going to go over here. So I recommend you go over and check it out. It is kind of interesting. They do go over the basic history of the safe deposit box. It was uh, created originally by a New York businessman named Francis Jenks, evidently in March of 1861, while uh, traveling to England. He began to wonder what he was supposed to do with all of his valuables while he was out of town. He decided to create a company that would store items for New York's fashionable inhabitants who wanted to travel. Rather than worry about burglaries, he suggested that the urban elite store their books, wills, jewelry, tea sets, and silver with him. He opened a large marble building in Lower Manhattan, outfitted with a steel vault. Inside, he offered 500 safe deposit boxes. To ensure the safety of the boxes, he required two keys to unlock, one for the customer and one for his employees. Guards armed with muskets stood in front of the building throughout the night, and he called the company the Safe Deposit Company of New York. It was the first of its kind. As the Civil War broke out, demand soared. Big names like the Vanderbilts, Guggenheims, Roosevelts, and more began storing their valuables with him. And of course, since it was such a success, copycat companies began to uh, pop up all over the U.S. And while the first safe deposit companies were standalone organizations, Dedicated solely to safe deposit boxes, major banks soon got involved. The article says that with time, however, the uh, economic logic of safe deposit boxes quickly began to erode. In the early 1900s, bank executives confronted a problem. The safe deposit boxes weren't actually raking in profits. In 1941, one industry expert said, 
it is not inconceivable that a vault might be 100% rented and still be operating at a loss due to low rental rates. One problem was, of course, the cost of building a vault for safe deposit boxes. It would often put the company in the red right away. These vaults are necessarily large, and they are made of heavy concrete and layers of reinforced steel. Some banks tried to compensate for the cost by upping their rates. It rarely works for long. In the 80s, a crop of new safe deposit businesses began charging as much as $600 per year for boxes that customers could get for $60 at their local bank. Many of those companies failed. A major issue nowadays is the competition from home security. If bank boxes are much more expensive than a home safe and or a home security system, customers will opt for the latter. The article says that the economics for safe deposit boxes really started to break for the major banks as the cost of real estate ballooned. The number of bank branches peaked around the time of the 2008 recession and has plummeted ever since. In the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, a lot of big banks abandoned their safe deposit business between 2017 and 2021. Uh, The number of bank branches in the U.S. fell by 9%, with big banks focusing on fewer, smaller physical locations, and safe deposit boxes were among the first things to go. At the same time as bank branches are disappearing, more people are turning to digital assets that don't require a physical location to store them. In addition, an ironic quandary has been uh, detrimental to the safe deposit business. They say safe deposit boxes aren't actually safe. So here in the U.S., FDIC insurance began in 1933 as part of the New Deal program, which is around the time the safe deposit industry was at its height of power. But unlike regular deposit accounts, safe deposit boxes are not FDIC insured, meaning that if the valuable item disappears or is destroyed, safe deposit customers have little way to get their money back. Lack of protection is not just a hassle for customers, but also for the banks themselves. They often face lawsuits about lost or misplaced items, which can be expensive to uh, settle in court. And while for big banks, operating safe deposit boxes no longer makes financial sense, as they exit the uh, business, they have accidentally created a big problem for consumers. A lot of people still want safe deposit boxes, and now it's nearly impossible to get one. While the total amount of boxes available is shrinking, the usage is not shrinking as fast, especially in big cities. There are shortages of large boxes, and people are put on wait lists for years to try and get a larger box. However, the situation is slightly different for regional banks and credit unions, as the point of the safe deposit boxes there is not to turn a profit on the box itself, but as a way to build customer loyalty. They say that that is because it is the hardest account to close. Unlike a regular deposit account, you don't just close a safe deposit box online or over the phone. You have to show up at the bank branch with your keys, fill out paperwork, and empty the contents of your box. Shuttering a safe deposit box is such a hassle, in fact, that if a customer signs up for one, it's an incentive for them to stay with that particular financial organization. As a result, many regional banks and credit unions are promoting their safe deposit services, mostly because it aligns more closely with their goals. Big banks are pushing people toward increasingly elaborate mobile banking apps. Credit unions, on the other hand, have more of a tendency to deal with customers face-to-face and uh, rely a lot on customer loyalty. But if you don't have an account with a local credit union, you might have a hard time finding a safe deposit box. Well, like I said, that's just the highlights of what is 
in this article. If you want more details, you can head over to thehustle.co, link in the show notes to check out the rest of the article. Next up, Kia and Hyundai automakers are providing people with free club wheel locks in several big cities. This comes after a rash of car break-ins across the country. Police departments working with Kia and Hyundai have rolled out new programs to give away steering locks to owners, all in hopes to deter criminals from stealing the vehicles. These locks were provided by Kia and Hyundai automakers who say they are trying to help while they come up with a more permanent solution to the recent string of break-ins. Currently, the distribution is being done by the police departments. To be eligible, interested residents must show valid ID and vehicle registration to get a lock. Hyundai released a comment to NBC regarding the free locks. They say, we remain concerned about the increase in thefts of certain Hyundai vehicles that have been targeted in a coordinated social media campaign. Currently, Hyundai provides steering wheel locks as available to law enforcement agencies in impacted areas. In addition, Hyundai will provide two other options for owners of these earlier model year vehicles targeted by thieves. Those include Hyundai has released a glass break sensor security kit that targets the method of entry used by thieves to break into the vehicle. These kits are available for purchase and installation at Hyundai dealerships and CompuStar authorized installers across the country. The MSRP for the kit is $170 US and the estimated cost for installation may vary by location. So we created an insecure vehicle. You can pay $170 to get it uh, made a little more secure. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, Number two, Hyundai is also developing a software update to further secure these targeted vehicles. We anticipate that this software update will become available for certain vehicles in the first half of 2023 with updates for other vehicles following thereafter. Anyway, uh, at least they're stepping up and doing something. They are coming up with a solution. They are trying to help out. So uh, some props there to Kia and Hyundai and the local police departments. Moving on to community news. I received a note this week from Swindla, and the note said, I listened to your podcast for the first time recently, and you mentioned that Multipick was running a competition. So I entered it, and I ended up winning first prize. I did a YouTube video about it on my YouTube channel, Swindla, and I recommend that all of you go check out his video to see what his entry was and what the prize he won was. It's a pretty cool, unique item. And uh, be sure to check out the rest of his videos. He has numerous videos on defeating combination locks, including the uh, the Polish combination lock challenge that went around. He's a very talented individual when it comes to defeating combination locks, combination padlock style locks. And uh, thank you for sending in the note. I really appreciate it. This is uh, exactly the type of reason why I started this podcast is to get this type of news out to people who might not otherwise know. So uh, I'm quite touched to see that it is working. So thank you for the notes, Wendla. And then uh, Terrell pointed me to a tweet asking the community to help out a new picker. Evidently, he is a stroke survivor and is having trouble developing a technique that works for him. There is a video on his channel. The channel is Recreational Lock Pickers, and the video is entitled Help a Guy Out. The description says, this is what I deal with picking locks. Any feedback is welcomed. It looks like several people have stopped by and left comments. I would uh, ask that the uh, the rest of you, anybody here listening to this, go over, click the link in the show notes, or just go over to Recreational Lock Pickers channel. Check out the video. 
watch it, figure out uh, if there's anything you can add to the conversation, it would be much appreciated. And uh, several people sent this one in. It's the Abloy Classic Picking Simulator. It was created by uh, Lock Pickers United member Mao. It runs completely in your web browser. Just go to the web page that's linked in the show notes, and you can uh, experiment with learning to pick an Abloy Classic. And I've played with this a little bit, and I have to admit, I'm quite impressed. The basic instructions, you move the mouse to turn and slide the pick tip. The app applies heavy tension by default, basically a strong binding tension by default, and you press a key to loosen the tension so you can actually turn the discs. There are false gates and true gates, and he says, unlike real abloys, which bind mostly back to front, the simulation is totally random. False gate placement is also random, and the bidding is random, except for two zero cuts at the rear, one of which is being tensioned off of, and one zero cut in the front. So thank you, Mao, for creating the Abloy Classic Picking Simulator. And also over on Twitter, Lock Picking Lawyer put up a picture of a beautifully engraved lock, and it says, Hats off to Jonathan Quill for turning this covert instruments practice lock into a stunning piece of art. And I have to say, it is absolutely uh, beautiful. Uh, Very, very well done engraving. So recommend you go check that out. Moving on to videos. First up, we have this one, which was posted by the New York Post. Woman ends up at locksmith after accidentally padlocking ear. I personally think the title is misleading. I don't think this was an accident. Uh, She has multiple piercings and locked what appears to be a small luggage pack lock through one of the uh, holes in her ears. In the video, she goes to a locksmith to have them uh, pick it to unlock it so she can get it off. All of this was on camera. I don't think it's an accident, just an attempt to create a a viral video. It is an interesting one having to uh, pick a tiny padlock off of a uh, human being. Next up is a video shared by Newsweek. The article said, watch as one-year-old baby accidentally locked in car makes incredible escape. So this intelligent little one-year-old girl was able to get her way out of the locked car with a little help from her mom. The mom shared footage online of her daughter getting herself out of the baby seat, climbing to the front of the car, and opening the door after being locked inside with the keys still in the ignition. The mother said that the incident occurred while she was visiting a cemetery to pay her respects to some relatives with her daughter and her grandmother. Because they weren't staying long, she left the keys in the ignition and went around to get the baby out, and her door was locked, so she told the grandmother to unlock the door. Instead of unlocking the door, she accidentally locked all the doors and shut the door. After the initial panic, the mom spotted something that left her confident the situation could be resolved without having to call a locksmith. Because the baby was strapped improperly, she was able to get her daughter to wiggle out of the car seat with some instruction, and then make her way to the front of the car where the doors will open automatically if you pull the latch. So she figured it would be easy to get her to open the door. And the video shows the baby crawling out of the car seat between the front seats and going to her mom at the the door and actually uh, unlocking the door. So worked pretty well and uh, happy ending, luckily, because 
that can be quite a, a, a horrible situation. Having your baby locked in a car, especially if it's a, a hot day, it would be terrible. But all's well that ends well, right? Moving on to uh, blogs and articles here. Lock Judge has put up a new blog post called Bump Keys. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It is all about bump keys, uh, how they work, different ways to use them, what you need to to effectively uh, use them. So if you're not already familiar with how bump keys work and how to use them, you can head over there and check that article out. And the last thing in the blog section here is there is a new blog out. It is called Lock History by Tyler J. Thomas. And the first post is called Origins of Lock Manufacturer Names Part 1. I'll read the first uh, paragraph here to give you an idea what that post is about, but I recommend that you go over, check out the new blog, and if you have some way of subscribing, subscribe to the posts. It says, one of my favorite pastimes is learning how lock manufacturers got their names. Oftentimes, learning this part of history shows you the tremendously humble beginnings of today's major players. Here are the name origin stories for a few of those major players. Anyway, I recommend you go check this out. Subscribe to the blog if you uh, have a way to do that. And check out the first article. And thank you for creating that, uh, Tyler. Really appreciate it. I love uh, I love people who do well-researched history and uh, share it with the rest of us. And on that same subject, moving on to products, we have first up a book that is available for pre-order called Antique Locks and Keys, Their History, Uses, and Mechanisms. This was uh, talked about by Essie Locking Key in their video, Artisan Ideas New Book for Pre-Order, Antique Locks and Keys. The description of the book on the sale page says, This is probably the most beautiful and largest book on locks and keys ever published. Not only are there over 1,000 stunning high-resolution photos of European locks and keys from Roman times through the Industrial Revolution, all with dates, dimensions, and provenance. But the detailed photos and the author's notes also allow us to examine and understand the workings of the lock's internal mechanisms. This is a book that every lock and key collector, locksmith, blacksmith who makes locks, and architectural restorer will want to own. It covers the history of locks and keys, how their mechanisms developed over the centuries, and how each major art period affected their shape and decoration. The author also presents his personal ideas on the restoration of antique locks and keys. The author has been collecting and restoring with a passion and attention to detail for over 35 years. In this book, he gives us impressive insight into almost 5,000 years of cultural, technological, and artistic history, and almost incidentally answers the question of how naturally locks and keys have been part of our lives for millennia. It is available for pre-order. It is a hardcover, 290-page book with over 1,000 high-quality color photos. Retail price is going to be $58.95, but you get 20% off if you do the pre-order. And Sparrows sent out a notification that they have a couple of new products. First up is the Kirigami Tension Wrenches. Uh, They say that these were highly requested, so these are just the tension wrenches from the Kilimaru Kirigami set, and you can buy those separately for $17.50 US. And they also have a classic Alloy decoder pick made in Finland by, uh, was it Jaco Jaco? I'm never sure how to pronounce that. Anyway, apologize for mispronouncing your name, but a beautifully made 
Abloy Decoder Pick, and you can get that from Sparrows now for $360 US, and it will ship from their Toronto office. Moving on to events and meetups, we have Cactus Con, January 27th through the 28th in Mesa, Arizona, and they will have a lockpick village. HCon 2023, February 24th through February 25th in Madrid. ClackyCon, May 5th through the 7th, 2023, and that is in Durham, North Carolina. And Circle City Con, June 23rd through the 25th, 2023 in Indianapolis in the USA. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts for this week, we have one new belt. That is going to be a brown belt for Squiggledork. Congratulations to you, Squiggledork, on earning your new brown belt. For those of you who are not familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, lots of links in the show notes to point you to resources to learn about that and learn the rules. Fun system for helping you just kind of work and progress through lockpicking and get some rewards along the way. A little encouragement to help you continue to evolve in your lockpicking skill. Now it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. First up, we'll start with the financial supporters. We have Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Anthony, aka Terrell, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Lock, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, JHP Picking, Bare Bones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake, and Paracentric. Thank you to all of you for your financial contributions. Content producers, the chief content producer, again, is going to be Anthony, a.k.a. Cherell, this week. Other content producers, Bare Bones Lockpicking, HB Logic, iFisk, Jeff Moss, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Fumbler, Lockpicking Dev, Oak City Locksport, Panda Frog, Swindler, Lockpicker1969, and Tony Verley. Thank you to all of you for the information you send in. Very much appreciated. Don't forget that this podcast is only possible because of all that support. So if you value the podcast, the number one thing you can do to help keep it going is by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that you find out about that's Locksport related that you think the community might want to know, send it to me. Easiest way to do that is just to tag me on one of the social media platforms I'm already on or pop it in the Discord or send an email to podcast at thelocksportscast.com. You can also help by sharing the podcast with your lockpicking friends. You can help the logarithms by leaving a review, comment, thumbs up, or whatever your platform of your choice allows. Don't forget to subscribe on the platform of your choice so you don't miss any new episodes. If you want to help financially, you're welcome to do so. Definitely not required, but always appreciated. And you can do that by PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. If you have any cool stories about things that you've done in Locksport or as a locksmith or something that's happened to you because you're in the industry uh, send those in i would love to read those on the show and you can do that from the same methods as above if you have any feedback that you'd like to share with me all the same contact as above applies you can also go to the locksportscast.com slash contact and there's a form there that you can fill out uh, just remember that if you want it shared on the show keep it reasonable length polite work family safe no politics and not just drama if you don't want it shared on the show just say so and i will keep it private so here was an interesting story sent in by Lockpicking Dev. I apologize if some of the details are a little vague or, or, or whatnot. This was actually, uh, I had to use Google Translate on this particular article to, to get it to English so I could read it. 
And what's funny is every time you use Google Translate, it comes up with a slightly different translation on some words. Something I discovered while I was doing this. Because the headline I initially got was Youngster Locked Up, THW and Fire Brigade Crack Bank Vault. And now it says Adolescent Locked Up. So Google's AI learning as we go. This was posted actually an old article from February 9th, 2021 in uh, Dortmund, NW. I'm not sure exactly where that is off the top of my head, but it said a 17-year-old boy locked himself in a vault of a former bank branch. And it says the uh, fire brigade and their technical relief organization had to be inventive to uh, get him out. The fire station was notified by 11 p.m., The firefighters were notified that the person was trapped in an empty bank nearby. A little bit of backstory here. Evidently, a family was in the process of converting a former bank branch into a residential building. While staying in the basement of the building, a 17-year-old family member entered the remaining vault, which is around 20 square meters in size. And reportedly, suddenly, the 60-centimeter thick door slammed shut and locked itself automatically attempts by parents to free their son had failed which is why the fire brigade was called in when the forces arrived there was voice contact through ventilation slots and oxygen supply was also secured according to statement from the fire brigade they contacted the safe construction company and tried to unlock the door with their help using various access codes, but the door remained locked. Initial attempts to create access through the wall next to the door were also unsuccessful. They then requested the special rescue unit of the fire brigade and the technical relief organization with a construction consultant and then s- and several specialist groups. The technical relief organization helpers slowly worked their way through the reinforced concrete of the vault walls with compressed air-powered hammer drills and a core drill. Meanwhile, technicians from a specialist company arrived. They tried to unlock the lock with further drilling and an endoscope. When this attempt also failed, the technical relief organization salvage group installed a crossbar in an opposite door and attached pull chains and a hydraulic spreader, and ultimately that did work, and they were able to successfully open the door, and after medical care by rescue service, the youth was handed back over to his parents without any serious injuries. So lesson there, don't play around in old bank vaults. Luckily, there were other people around that knew he got locked in the vault. Can you imagine if nobody had known he he had gone in there? Just be missing. Moving on to criminal news. First up, we have local locksmith business operated without a license. I didn't know whether to put this in the news section or the criminals section, but I decided to put it down here in the criminal section. It says a man was arrested for operating a locksmith business without a license, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety. According to the arrest affidavit on November 29th, a trooper assisted the Texas DPS regulatory services in investigating prime locksmith for operating without a business license in Laredo. A decoy job was set up at the Walmart parking lot. Prime Locksmith responded to the parking lot and conducted a job while operating without a business license, the affidavit states. The owner allegedly admitted to operating his business without a license for almost two years, but said he was unaware that one was required, according to that affidavit. So hard to say for sure if he was intentionally 
operating without a license or just was actually ignorant of what the law was. But in general, for most service businesses, you are going to need a license. Check, always check your state and local laws and probably check with an attorney before you start a business like this. But uh, generally, if you are operating a service business, you're going to need some sort of license or certification and bonds and all that kind of stuff. So something to keep in mind. Next up, we have uh, two Philadelphia men charged with uh, three summer 2022 carjackings. This is out of Philadelphia. U.S. State's attorney announced that two men were charged by indictment for their roles in three different carjacking incidents which occurred in the past summer. Specifically, the defendants are charged with conspiracy to commit carjacking, carjacking and brandishing a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence. The indictment alleged three separate carjackings, one in May of 2022, where the first suspect and another man called a locksmith to assist them with a vehicle. When the locksmith arrived, the suspect and the other man allegedly struck the locksmith with a firearm and stole his work van, which contained vehicle key fobs and vehicle key fob programming tools. The second was in July of 2022. Both the suspects allegedly attacked a man entering his apartment building, stole his vehicle keys at gunpoint, and drove away with his vehicle. The third in July. The second suspect and another man pointed firearms at the victim and carjacked his vehicle in South Philadelphia. The case was investigated by the FBI and the Philadelphia Police Department and is being prosecuted by the Assistant United States Attorney Robert J. Livermore. And this isn't something I would normally cover, but because it was did involve a locksmith, I figured that was relevant. It's not just a carjackings, but a locksmith van carjacking there as the first charge and next up is just a, a really brief one uh, burglary charge filed against granite city man this was in edwardsville illinois a granite city man was charged with burglary and related felony monday after a november 25th incident in collinsville he was charged with burglary a class 2 felony and possession of burglary tools a class 4 felony according to court documents the suspect allegedly entered Red Dot Storage in Collinsville to commit theft and had a number of burglary tools, including lock-picking sets, padlocks, and soldering torch and blank keys. Bail was set at $40,000. So, moving on to sales. First up, Dark Arts Lockpicking. They say our website is back up and running with a new store and some new items. To celebrate, we are giving a 15% discount off your cart with the code Dalp is back in all lowercase. And you can use that at dalp.com.au. Southord is running a Christmas sale. 25% discount off your orders December 9th through the 20th. Just use the code jolly25 at southord.com. They also still have uh, a couple of picks on their cosmetically blemished lockpick tools and accessories page. So you can also Check that out while you're there. Multi-Pick is running a Christmas sale, and all the sale items are listed on a special sale page. You can find that link in the show notes. Peterson is selling their bump hammers for 50% off, no minimums required. They have a really long, confusing coupon code. I will put that in the show notes because I am not going to read that random gibberish on here. 
It says all three bump hammers, weight kits, and the weight kit combo are included in this offer. Barebones Lockpicking. Discount code BONES10 for 10% off store-wide, including Law Lock Tools. And that code runs till the end of the year. Uh, Review Guru has a link for 10% off directly at Law Lock Tools with a minimum purchase of 50 pounds. 3dlocksport.com. You can save 10% off if you use the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks has the ever-present 15% off with the code BYMAKO. And uklockpickers.co.uk, 10% off if you use the code GIFT. We have a new giveaway from Lockpicker1969. This was announced in the video giveaway for December 4th, 2022. And watch the video for details on how to enter. The giveaway ends December 16th. So you have this week to get in there and get entered. And Lock Fumblers 300 subscriber appreciation giveaway ends the day this video comes out. So I'm still going to mention it here one last time. If you haven't already entered, you got just the day this video is released to get over there and get entered. The drawing will be tomorrow. So if you haven't already, this is your last chance warning. Get entered in his 300 subscriber appreciation giveaway. Panda Frog running the Advent giveaway. And I believe he has another Advent video out. So head over and check that out on his channel. Link in the show notes. Also posted the last video in the huge 2K subscriber giveaway. So video number five has been posted on December 9th, it looks like. So he says the giveaway ends one week after the fifth video. So by my calculations, that puts it at what? December 16th, 15th or 16th, somewhere in there, depending on what exactly he had planned. So get over there and check that out and get entered if you haven't already. CLK Supplies hashtag LockBoss giveaway runs every week. So whenever you get a chance, head over there, get entered in their latest giveaway for that. And that brings us to the end of this show. Uh, Thank you to everyone who has uh, listened to the entire show. Really appreciate it. Remember to send me any information you have that's LockSport related. Uh, Even if you don't think it's important, send it anyway. Might be a bit of information that I need to finish up some other story I'm working on or put with another story that I'm working on. If not, no harm done. I'd rather be overwhelmed than not have enough information. Thank you to everyone who always contributes and listens. I really appreciate you all. Thank you and keep it legal. (laughs) 